0: All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubois. He's working on the next big thing. Um, A lot of times people get into real estate and they think they need capital. They need lots of capital. They're like, I can't do this. I got to save up money. I got to put every paycheck into a, a savings account. But the reality is that there are options out there that will allow you to control real estate Without a whole lot of money. And today on the show, I've got John Jackson, and he's going to let us a little bit, you know, a little bit into his mind here. He's been in since 2003. John, how are you?
1: Hey, uh, man, uh, great to be here. Excited to uh, share a little bit of knowledge with, uh, with your listeners and your audience and everything about what we do with the creative space, in particular, uh, lease options.
0: Yeah, I really do believe, like, I, I'm seeing the tide shift like a lot of people are. And, um, you know, sub two is going crazy. Sub two is a little different, but lease options are a great way to control property without actually having to cross the bank line and and do these different things. So, um, how did, how did you get started in real estate and, you know, ultimately what got you addicted to real estate?
1: Yeah. Well, I, in uh, 2000, uh, going back uh, before real estate, I was a, uh, i quit my job. I'd become a, uh, um, stay at home, uh, uh, dad, uh, mm-hmm. and I was a day trader, so I was trading stocks and options. Yeah. So uh, in 02 and 03, as I just wanted to start get it started in real estate, you know uh, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there like there is now. YouTube wasn't even around back then. Craigslist wasn't around. But um, so I was going online trying to find information about real estate, mm-hmm. and every now and then I'd see a little blurb about lease options. And I thought, well, I know what an option is. That's how I make my money trading options, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so I started going down that path of lease options. Unfortunately, at the time, lease options—about the only thing you could find on lease options were basically how to rip people off, how to get people. Yeah, it that got a really had... bad
0: rep. It got yeah. a really bad reputation for a while.
1: Oh yeah, you know the, the the idea was well, if people have money, doesn't matter if they ever qualify or not. Get them in the house, get their money. <clears throat> And then when in six months they can't make the payments, okay, great, kick them out, and do it all over again. I didn't like yeah. that at all, so I went to work creating my company, leasing to buy, which is where uh, we really st- uh, brought in the right components of the lease option, and said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna structure this for people's success. Um, the uh, going back just a little bit, uh, I don't know if you can see over my shoulder here. That book, One Minute Millionaire, mm-hmm. is actually the book that got me started in '03. Uh, that I saw Robert Allen and uh, Mark Victor Hansen on TV doing their book tour. And I was like, Oh my God, I've got to get that book. And it's a phenomenal book. Uh, I I recommend everybody get it. And it's older, it's a phenomenal book. That's what got me started in real estate. But again, as I started looking at real estate, lease options just stuck with me. I created the company leasing to buy Mm -hmm. had no idea what I was doing. I literally bought a $97 manual, uh, from a guy who had a little website form about lease options. Uh, and this gets funny. Uh, the web f- website form, I assume it's still there. It was called naked investor. Mm-hmm. You're probably, now you're probably thinking, John, what the hell were you doing? Looking for naked investor online. <laughs> How did you get on but,
0: that website? John? Yeah.
1: Well, I was honestly, I was looking for lease options, uh, but his manual was the, the most basic, uh, which he, he meant it to be that way. It was like this, this thin,
0: Probably got but the basic forms too. That's to what. It, that's it all out. it yeah.
1: was. And then that's why I call it the naked investor, which had to do with the naked chef, which is a whole other story. But <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so I had no idea what I was doing. And back then, we did again. We didn't have Craigslist, right? Uh, and so I would go. To, we one of the big websites back then was buyowner.com. So I would uh, print off all these ads from BuyOwner, and I would start cold calling them. I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. And of course, you know, back then, this this dates me. Back then, people used to have dinner together as a family.
0: Yeah. So
1: calling at six o'clock or 630, man, you were like, you know, telling them not to go to church or something, you know, because I'm in Texas, you know, in the Bible Belt. So I'm calling these people, they're yelling at me or whatever. Uh, but then every now and then, every now and then you'd have a seller uh, say the scariest thing ever that a seller can say to you.
0: Sure, I'm interested. Just yeah,
1: I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh crap! Uh, oh, click.
0: And you oh. are in the Bible Belt. I remember when I was in uh, Dallas; it was a Sunday. The state trooper had closed the highway to let the church out, so I, I totally oh, yeah. feel that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we take it seriously here. Um, so uh, I did cold calling for a couple of weeks. That didn't work, and uh, or I, I just wasn't getting any traction from there way i got my very first house was i was driving for dollars didn't know there was a term for it i was just cruising around listening to the scorpions or whatever 80s band yeah. The time, right yeah going to the grocery store but i was taking different roads and there was a sign there in the house in front of a house for sub owner so i just called him up hey would you consider a lease purchase i said yeah um because the house is vacant the owner lived out of the state whatever <laughs> so um uh, so that was my first deal. I had a, I'd already had, I knew I was going to do this. So I spent $65 on a ugly yard sign. So as soon as I got my first seller to say, yes, I had a sign went mm-hmm. over to the sign the yard within three now weeks you're in business. and I'm in business, baby. Uh, within three weeks, um, had found the buyer I had made uh, $3,500, which I know it doesn't sound like much, but an 'o three for your first deal. I was like, Yo, Oh my gosh. Um, Matter of fact, in
0: real estate, we get kind of confused. And when we make thirty five hundred dollars, because a lot of people go to work for a while to make thirty five hundred. So it might not be a big, big payday. But even back in the day, like thirty five hundred U.S. when you're working, uh, what year was that? Oh, three. Right. So that's, you know, like that's good money. Uh, It's a good start. But I think what's what's most addictive is you got your first taste of like, oh, you mean I can I can just do that? You mean that works?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is I was so excited, but I remember they, they gave me cash, which you should never take cash, but that's a whole other story. No, yeah. But they gave me cash and I had all those hundred dollars, I had that laying on my kitchen counter, felt like a drug Lord, right? Uh, And, um, but that night, I still remember this day uh, from 20 years ago, laying in bed, feeling guilty, like I had done something wrong because it was so easy and I had never made $3,500, you know, yeah. six six weeks. Right. And I thought, and I thought, Oh my God, I hope I'm not doing something wrong. Like, is this, is this legit? Um, but then I got my second house driving for dollars. There's like eight blocks away. It was a house. Uh, an investor had called mm-hmm. them up it was a home buster, uh, from home homevest franchise, called them up, see if they want to do a lease purchase and said, yeah, and so I at least purchased that house. I moved my $68 sign or $65 sign from this house over to this house. <laughs> yeah. I think by this point, I finally did invest in another sign. But um, I did that house for them. And then they sent me another house, then another one. So now they're rehabbing the houses and bringing them to me.
0: And you're exiting them for them.
1: Yep. And I'm the exit strategy. So that's where I started getting uh, some you know, some traction. And what really launched uh, Leasing to Buy was, um, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to marketing, creativity will always be recklessly used money. And that's mm-hmm, so important,
0: mm-hmm.
1: man. Uh, you know, if you take away all my stuff I have in business, the three things I want are my creativity, my sphere of influence and a spouse that supports me. Right. Yeah. You, a you lot of people want, can
0: get the two, but that third one might be a little bit more it, tricky. For it can be tough.
1: Home. It can be tough. What a spouse goes through when they see us acting like madmen, you know, trying to build something here. Mm -hmm. But but what really launched me is when uh, I was doing, you know, a decent number of deals from home investors, these other investors and this and that, but I wanted to do more. And so I had to get creative. I was like, well, I got to figure out, how do I find out who would want to sell their house? And it finally dawned on me, oh, my gosh, I know how to find the people that want to sell their house. They're trying to sell their house already. Yeah. So I went, I went to the MLS mm-hmm. and uh again didn't know what I was doing. And I think I I I think I wrote or typed some letter, made multiple copies. This is all my off in my home office. Mm-hmm. Got the envelopes, you know, printed off at the time, realtor.com. I think printed off, you know, who knows hundreds and hundreds of houses for sale. Went to tax records, had a cross-reference, hundreds and hundreds, because we didn't have. VAs or whatever back then, you know, I did.
0: Yeah, you had to do, you had to do the work. And, and usually the, for the people at home, like VAs are great, but I always say, don't trade a job off that you haven't mastered yourself. So I, you know, the fact that you did it, you know, like you fully understood what it took because some people try to outsource too soon. So at home, oh, if you're listening, don't outsource, figure it out, do the work the first time, at least for a while. And you went and cross referenced to all of the tax records to pull yep. all the uh, the names, yep, and so now you got these letters and the names, what'd you do next?
1: so now I'm stuffing envelopes, my living room looks like a mail house, yep and uh, and I'm you know I got my kids putting stamps on them and all that mm-hmm. and, and I'm mailing them, and the phone started ringing, yeah. and here come the phone calls, and here comes a house, then another house, then another house, and now I've got to order more signs and more signs and and, uh, and this, and this thing- is
0: 2003, 2004.
1: Yeah. 2003, 2004. Cause there's
0: there, like my first, like the first flip phones, we're talking like, just so people can get some perspective. This isn't like jump on the high speed internet and start downloading <laughs> prop stream lists. No, this is like, you know, like 1.5 megabit and the internet was not what it is today. And tax records were, were not so online as they are today. So like this is hard work and you turned it into a mailroom and you got the pieces out and you probably got a really good response because you went further than the average person does. And I think that's really important. So the phone's ringing and your business is starting to blow up. It's 2003 moving to 2004. And so then with all this response, how did you handle, how did you handle all of that, uh, you know, inbound calling?
1: Yeah. So I ended up, uh, I was a one man show till about later in 2004 uh, when I brought a, a friend of mine on as a business partner. And I was working my rear off because I'm getting all these calls. I'm mm-hmm. driving around and keep in mind, I'm doing deals within a 30 minute drive radius of me. So I'm going to show these houses. I'm meeting every seller, I'm meeting the buyers, prospective buyers. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get the no shows, all that. So I'm, you know, sometimes I don't get home till nine o'clock at night, you know. And I've got this briefcase with me or this uh, big leather bag I have had full of files of contracts of houses I was marketing at that time. And there'd be times I'd come home and a few days later, I'd look and there's files there with cashier's checks I hadn't deposited yet because I'm so busy, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we really blew it up. Uh, I mean, we were doing, I don't even know how many deals, uh, uh, you know, a month or a year, but but quite a few
0: so let's 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 um that's fantastic i i know guys that like lease options um rent to own subject to these these grindy paperwork businesses where you can hustle your way up the real estate ladder really quick with not a lot of money it's a great strategy you still need some capital let's let's make sure people know that like they're going to have to put some money down here and there Especially when you're trying to market, like the businesses take money to run, but it is one of the leanest businesses uh, that you can run, which is what you're doing with it. So talk about, yep. break down, break it down for the people who might not be familiar real quick, give yep. them the Coles notes version, and then tell people how you exited, like where's the profit center in this? Because it's not always office, obvious to people.
1: Yeah. So there's three types of lease options and I'll cover it real quickly. There's a straight lease option, sandwich lease option, lease option assignment. A straight lease yeah. option is just between two people. Maybe you've got a rental house and you're going to lease option it. Maybe you're buying a house, you're going to buy on a straight lease option. Sandwich lease option is where you're sandwiched between the seller and the buyer. You're subletting mm-hmm. the house. Uh, that particular strategy has three paydays, your your option fee, your down payment, your monthly mm-hmm. spread, and then the uh, uh, the equity on the back yeah. when the buyer cashes you out. What we're known for, what we do primarily, is lease option assignments. Now, a lot of people are familiar with wholesaling. You tie up a yep, property contract and you wholesale it. What we do is we don't tie it up, but we put the contract together with the seller for the lease option. They, We allow them to still market it themselves however they want because sellers want that. So mm-hmm. so they're doing, whether for sub-owner or whatever, we're doing our lease option marketing to the end buyer, the family, mm-hmm. It's going to come in they're paying us an assignment fee for that contract uh typically about five percent so mm-hmm. four hundred thousand dollar house about twenty thousand dollars that's our fee on the lease option assignment what uh, what's great about the lease option assignment is there's no risk you're not making house payments
0: are you stepping out of it then are you just moving on like you're assigning that yeah, contract you
1: sign it and you're out but yeah but, and
0: then it's between them like you're closing it's the sandwich. Them. You're yep. going to a third level and you're taking the risk out of your hands yep. and saying, you guys sorted out. I got my work. I got paid for the work I did by bringing you two together and I'm out.
1: Exactly. Now we do uh, work with a buyer. We put them in touch with our lending company. so mm-hmm. that Because we do 12-month lease options. So our buyers is going to get financed within 12 months.
0: Yep. So we
1: put them in touch with our lender. Uh, so, so the majority of buyers we work with get financed. Yeah.
0: yeah, and are you doing things like uh, credit counseling and those things to get them ready if, for that? If, or? They,
1: if they need that, the majority of people we approve don't need credit work. Mm-hmm. They're actually self-employed, so oh, they may okay. have. A so six, they don't
0: have a great bank record.
1: Yeah, they may have a six sixty-seven or FICO score, but you know they're self-employed. Uh, basically, they just want some time. They want time to get things in place,
0: but they need to get into that house now, and they've got the twenty k. They're self-employed.
1: Yeah. So they, they got an oil worker or someone
0: high income, but like a fluctuating thing that the bank doesn't like. Cause you're like targeting like rent to own subject to lease options. All these things have a particular avatar of customer that, that you're marketing for. So bring us up to today, you know, it's twenty it's been 20 years. What is, what is the day-to-day business of running a company like that? And, um, yeah, and just give people a little uh, look inside Pandora's box here.
1: Yeah, so I've removed myself from a lot of the steps. I don't do a mail house in my living room anymore. Matter yeah, of there's fact,
0: companies for that now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and matter, and I love direct mail, but I rarely do direct mail anymore because we get more leads than we can possibly handle through technology. Yeah, uh, because we're targeting for sub owners, uh, mm-hmm. uh those types of avatar, those types of lists. Uh, so the majority of deals that. Uh, so, the majority of the work is done by I've got a, a guy in Nigeria uh, mm-hmm. uploading a, a list to send the text. I've got a guy in Houston who's doing all the phone calls, all the follow up. Um, uh, and then I've got my students, you know, I teach. So, I've got students across the country. So, I'm helping them do the deals. <clears throat> so, my day to day, as far as within the lease option business, is actually pretty minimal uh, because I'm not needed. The systems are in place. Uh, the majority of my time is actually spent on the education side, uh, helping mm-hmm. the students and that type of thing. But it's pretty darn minimal. Once you have the systems in place, and, which reminds me, you know, there's a, uh, there's a saying, there's some great books out there, uh, that on psychology and business mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, atomic habits is a phenomenal book. Yep, And it says you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Mm-hmm. So, um, is someone's looking to to take their business and grow it or scale it? They've got to look at their systems. Your yeah, goals, the
0: not, the not so sexy work of systems. Like every business that I've kind of run, like they they can get hot. Like every business out there. If you're thinking about running a business, you can you can fire a business right up off the ground, but it's going to go right up and it's going to come right down unless you do the work of building up that scaffolding of your systems because it's the little things that. And I think this is probably, tell tell the people at home who want to build systems, because I want to know from you, when you're a solo uh, operator, at some point you had to take what's in your head, put it onto a piece of paper so someone could replicate your process. And that's really what what I always like to call in in, in systems building, documented leadership. So tell us a little bit about how you were able to take the knowledge out of your head, put it into a system so other people could... You know, so you could eventually exit your business because if you don't exit, you just made yourself another job.
1: Yeah. So, well, back in 08, 09, I actually wrote an operation manual for my business from everything from, I mean, I literally, this operation manual literally even had the model number of the scanner that I recommended. I mean, someone could take this manual, uh, the original manual and go through it. And even go buy the, the supplies, that yeah. Need, you know, and and it was step by step by step. Doesn't mean it answers every question, but it really guides them uh, through that. Uh, and so I've had the operation manual, right? Which now mm-hmm. I you know, have with the with the with the students anyway. They get yeah. my, they actually get the the upgrade uh, operation manual. But to write it all down, one of the things I recommend is uh, you were talking about VAs earlier. Loom is a phenomenal, easy to use tool.
0: Yeah, you can train with that little bubble. Yes,
1: and- guys, it, you know, uh, you know, use Loom, create training videos. When you're doing tasks, like as an example, pulling a list off of PropStream or pulling up county records, whatever that is, record what you're doing and say, "Now I'm going here, here I'm doing," and, and walk your way through that. Boom, you just got a training video.
0: Well, if you look at it, imagine you wanted to do that training video in 2003, like you've been a big proponent of technology because think about that. You would have had to get the camcorder out yeah, and videotape it and then somehow like get that on DVD or maybe an early digital camera because like there are systems right now that can help you grow your business with the advent of AI and these other tools, like leverage the systems because your competition is doing it. So don't don't get left behind. So right now with with what you're working on, and I think that I think lease options, rent to own buying, buying these unclosed mortgages where there's still years left on it and, you know, locking in these rates and things like that, that the bank can't offer you, but these vendors can. Where do you see things going over the next three years towards
1: 2026? Yeah, so I think we're in in an interesting uh, shift here, I, I, I think meaning uh this goes beyond just banking i think it's people uh i think more and more people are tired of dealing with with banks big big companies mm-hmm. uh they've been lied to for a few years they know they yeah. have and they're like you know what I, I don't think i trust everything that's out there so i think more and more people i'm already seeing it more uh, more and more people are looking at seller finance more people are looking yeah. at uh um lease options more people are even more sellers are willing to do have a conversation about seller finance because as the rates go up the buyer pool shrinks and uh you know to be honest myself i think my wife and I are going to move in about a year uh uh and i'm not going to use a bank i'm not going to i'm not going to go get a conventional loan i don't want to i'll just Mm do a a, you know face-to-face transaction Seller so finance. We set the terms. Boom, done. I didn't have to provide 18 years of tax returns and DNA samples mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. my first born <laughs> and all that, uh, and and hope that I you know I checked all the boxes right. There's no don't just just order the terms? Let's let's make it happen. And, and so I'm already seeing I'm seeing right now more seller finance and of course subject to deals coming down the pipeline I've ever seen in 20 years. Yeah, uh, you know even though we are predominantly lease options. My students. That's probably what we do. Mm-hmm. I bet right now about fifteen percent to twenty percent of the deals that we're marketing are actually seller finance, uh, because the seller, you know, when the seller sees if they do a full price seller finance, that they can almost make double over the over the course of that of that. Uh, yeah, deal. if they
0: don't need if they don't need the money yeah. and they don't want you know have to move it into another property. Yeah, especially a, a boomer or someone like that in that age range where they, they really just. They look at it like, oh, you mean I can get like a monthly rate out of these people and go and still take that rent and use it as a rent on my place in Florida and like get out of town, like get out of Dodge. So I think and I think it's becoming more and more um, accepted too, like as it floats around in the ecosystem with the Internet of Things, people are hearing about it. Um, you know, even the, even the news sometimes is picking up some of these stories. But I think the big thing is that people are going to have to um, figure out how to keep doing business. Like if the banks are being like this, if the hard money lenders are being like this, then it's called creative finance. It's creative finance. It's not called financing creatively. The first word is creative finance. So you really do have to be creative.
1: Well, and here's the thing before there was a credit scoring system, and uh, this is how people bought and sold stuff,
0: yeah. It's old school in a parking lot, yeah,
1: yeah. So, this is not you know, seller finance lease options are nothing new, right? Uh, I mean, you can lease option, uh, you know, there's lease options on commercial stuff all the time, there's commercial especially,
0: uh, yeah. And that's the thing yeah. you go into the commercial space, and a lot of stuff isn't so much owned as controlled. I think that's right. the big thing, so. Um, just a little piece of mindset for the people back home. Cause you've been in the game now, 20 years, at least. If you had to start all over again, what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's just getting into the game?
1: Uh, get your clarity. First of all, get clarity, but get your mind right. And what I mean by that is one of the things I would do for someone just starting off, I would say, go get the 12 week year mm-hmm. book, the 12 week year and print off. The emotional cycle of change, because that emotional cycle of change, you will go through. We all do. It doesn't matter what level you play at. You start a new venture, you're going to go through that emotional cycle of change, right? Uh, Uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, you're going to go through that. And you've got to be able to be aware of that and know, okay, you know, know, this week has been crap. You know, I haven't, I don't feel like I made progress. Where am I on this emotional cycle right here? Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, And you can pinpoint yourself and it's usually right at the bottom where people quit out and go back to work.
1: Valley of despair. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I would print off that emotional cycle of change, know where you are at all times uh, mentally and uh, uh, and also read uh, Peaks and Valleys. That's a great book to read as well.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So, if people want to connect with you, John, how you know, how where on the internet of things can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so uh, a great website to go to to find out more about lease options, about what we do is 16kdeals.com. That's 1 6 the letter k 16kdeals.com there's about an hour long training training video there showing you everything that we do how it works the process all of that you can get a bunch of free information there as well uh, and reach out to me there you, you can actually get my training information there as well but 16kdeals.com is best place to get just a whole bunch of information
0: yeah if they really if they're wanting to get down to that uh, lease option and i think i think even if you're not doing that everyone at home listening in the car wherever you are on the bus even if you don't want to do that you should research these strategies because creative finance is more than raising capital it's more than getting vendor financing it's more than all these things you need to understand all of your options cuz sometimes you're going to be in a corner with a flip or a mm-hmm. rental and your exit strategy might need to be creative and it might need to be that you bring on uh you know a client buyer or something like that and hold it for a few years and exit not when you want to but how you want to because i really believe lease options it's all about the terms it's all about getting good terms so um you know time flies when you're having fun i really appreciate the conversation john um for people at home you've got the website and until next time guys we'll see you on the next video